Did you know there are unprecedented social, economic, and environmental disruptions unfolding all around us, coupled with major technology advancements and virtual learning? What is a more important trajectory for students in K-12 to follow, upskills or a college degree? Is higher education supporting individuals find their purpose in life so they can better participate in society and provide a service? How about those individuals left out of higher education? What is the trend? Welcome to our listeners in the East, West, North, and South. This is Educa K-16 podcast. Find us on Spotify and D-O-M-A-S-G-R-O-U-P.com. Shout out to Arterezon for creating our logo, DTO Music for our nameless energy jingle, and Jose Carlos from Bottles Company post-production of our podcast. My co-host today is a well-known educator, leading educator in the United States, Dr. Abdingo Boa Rios author of the only two books in the U.S., and here they are, these two books, Critical Issues of Latinos in Education in 21st Century America, Where Are We?, and The Story of Latinos in Education in American History. We are Educa K-16 Podcast. Welcome to our show. And we welcome, once again, Tony Bias uh, to the show, to our special podcast. And uh, as you may recall, Tony has been in serving in major areas of education through his trajectory of some 40 plus years uh, as an educator. He was the executive director of a community-based organization that actually ran several charter schools in the area of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Also, I think it was the ran the largest uh, Head Start uh, program in the state of Wisconsin at that time. We also have Tony uh, as a provost of the Milwaukee Area Technical Colleges and um, in higher education. Tony also has served uh, and still serves as a member of the Board of Education for Milwaukee and the only Latino in the Wisconsin State Board of Education. And I can go on with other distinctions about Tony, but they're quite varied and they're quite major. And so it is a pleasure to have Tony once again with us. Thank you. Thank you to both of you for inviting me. Yes, welcome, Tony. And um, Dr. Abdin Noboa, talk to us about the data trends for Latinos. Please, what's going on? Latino students had not been entering in large numbers as other racial groups into higher education. However, this has been changing most recently. So what are the latest trends today? What can our listeners learn? What's going on? Lots is going on in higher education for Latinos. The data trends have changed considerably the last five to seven years. And we will be giving you more information in terms of those specific trends with those who are keeping up with those uh, statistics. But in brief, what it means is that many more Latinos are now entering the college scene. And in fact, more on a proportional basis than for other groups right now. And that's a major shift. The difficulty has been, however, that 
a high dropout rate has resulted after year one, sometimes after year two in college. So we now, as Latinos, have the highest dropout rate at the university level. So that begs for other kinds of questions. The other is that we are primarily in junior colleges. In fact, the largest ethnic racial group in junior college are Latinos. And the difficulty there is that the transfer rate from junior college to four-year institutions is fairly low. And so we fall again into a dropout status given that context. The other is that we, although we are many more in colleges, we also are attending fewer of those colleges. So that means we are primarily in larger numbers in fewer colleges. So there's a bit of a segregation trend there. And one of those, and I want to ask Tony about this so we can piggyback on his influence, uh, his knowledge base on that, is what we call and what are known now as Hispanic Serving Institutions, HSIs, which have large numbers of Latinos, and basically they are defined as 25% or more Latino enrollment as an HSI. And so as HSIs are growing, uh, the question is, is it making a difference in terms of Latinos in those institutions? And are these institutions really responding even better to Latino needs and concerns? And that has become uh, a bit of a major issue. And we even have a national organization called HACU, Hispanic Association of Colleges and Universities, that wrestles with this on an almost daily basis. So without my saying more about this, let me turn it to Tony to kind of clarify and bring in the bigger picture. Tony. Sure, thanks. Uh, you know, I, I'm glad that you brought up the issue of Hispanic serving institutions because there is a trend among uh, people, particularly Latinos, in post-secondary institutions and then colleges and universities to make a real big thing about Hispanic serving institutions and attaining the 25% enrollment in those institutions uh, of Latinos, obviously, because they become Hispanic serving institutions when they attend the 25%. But the focus really of those institutions has been basically demographics, okay? Uh, well, we're enrolling more Latinos, we're enrolling more Latinos. Uh, for me, the issue really is not so much the fact that we are attaining a 25%. That is a function of demographics. That's going to happen because we're growing. And the fact that we're growing gets more Latinos to go to colleges and more go to post-secondary two-year institutions. And they're, they're not talked today so much as junior colleges. They're talked today at post-secondary institutions. Uh, they're technical colleges. They're community colleges. Uh, I know I, I work in Ostos Community College in New York as a provost and in Milwaukee Area Technical College. And in both, we, we sort of like made that point because they ought to be transition points. They ought to be places that Latinos go to and then they get prepared and then they go to the four-year institution, those that want to go to the four institutions. And we should not have the expectation that all of the Latinos want to go to a four-year institution, that is not a very good idea. And that is something that is uh, 
is a problem with how people are counseled and how people are prepared. We, we need people in the society to do things uh, that are not going to oh, be, Tony, not everybody's going to be a philosopher, okay? That's a great point. And if you just tuned in, listeners, we are Educa K-16, a call to action uh, education podcast. We're here with uh, Dr. Abignoboa Rios, author of two books on Latinos in education. He is the co-host today. And our special guest is Tony Baez. Tony Baez put a motion on analysis of data and reporting of standardized testing to assist in policy formulation, student achievement, and school innovation committee meeting. Tony Baez, talk to us a little bit more about that Baez motion and how do you see this connected to preparing students for the workforce in the area of higher education? There's a concern, like you were just saying, that traditional higher education is more than attending a university as post-secondary education goes beyond the traditional route of the university. So how do we see this? Talk to us about two-year institutions dive a little deeper so how should well, latinx students view their prospects for workforce or post-secondary education absolutely and i think that you know when we think about post-secondary and higher education institutions and ihes uh, that uh, my my colleague Abdin was talking about uh, we need to think about how do we prepare better the kids in the public schools, the graduates in the public schools. And that's why my testing resolution, that's why my resolution last week, you may not know this, but last week I put in on the table another resolution that I got a five to four vote, okay, on the issue of returning to schools. And how do we return to schools and making sure that those schools do things that are different for our kids and graduate more of them, better prepare. And how do we connect? Uh, in the resolution, there is the argument that uh, kids that are graduating from our high schools, better prepare, need to connect to two-year institutions so that their last year uh, in high school is the first year of the two-year institution. Okay? So that has happened in other parts of the world. So for example, Quebec uh, moved from saying you you finish high school, but you continue in a post-secondary education institution for three years. You get a skill. You get a skill that connects you to the society, to work. You create an economy, and then you decide if you want to go to a to a college or university to become more refined in the academics of the society that we need academics to do. Uh, I think that that is a good trend. Uh, the people in China, China developed the five-year uh, high schools. The five-year of high schools are really a combination of the high school experience and the post-secondary educational institution experience, and they do that. In the United States, we sort of like get cut up in, in other kinds of things. Now the higher education, the Hispanic serving institutions, and, and the trend continues to be that we focus on the demographics. It's gonna happen anyway, but have higher educational institutions, post-educational have they really changed? Have they significantly transformed themselves so that they are less dependent on tests being used to, to accept people into college, and that, that's a trend all over the place, people dropping the SAT, people, institutions dropping the ACT, because these tests have never really worked for us. They have not worked for 
people of color in general. And part of the huge gap in terms of enrollment from high school to college is because of tests. Okay? It's because of the criteria used by these institutions to accept people. And then when they get into those institutions, there's more testing and more testing. So I wanted to start us in the high school addressing the horrible thin expectation that through testing, we measure the capacity and the intelligence of people and then deal later with higher education and post-secondary institutions and Hispanic serving institutions, I have argued with my colleagues, you know, are far from utilizing that strategy to transform uh, uh, two-year and four-year institutions. So that's, that's, I think is a trend that we need to address. So you have two <laughs> resolutions in Milwaukee public schools. And if uh, our listeners want to look at these resolutions and learn more about it, can you tell them where to go? Oh, sure. I, I, I think that, you know, when you go to the webpage of the Milwaukee public schools, uh, you uh, go into an online uh, agendas and you can drop into online agendas by going to the web of the Milwaukee Public Schools and get the resolutions. And I have not stopped at two resolutions so that you know. Uh, I, have a res I have a resolution in that is causing a bit of an issue because of my focus on the issue of anti-racist and culturally and language inclusive learning. Okay? There is no way that we can transform what we do with kids if we do not connect it to the society and the fact that the inequalities in the society are due to a great significant uh, degree uh, and how the society continues this incredible inequality uh, of, of people and, and this, these disparities in earning and all of these kinds of things. And we need to transform how teachers teach. Uh, because there are some teachers that are good, some teachers that we can make better, and some teachers that can be teaching that should be teaching in the moon. Okay, uh, so to to be able to to do all those things, I put in a resolution to mandate that kind of preparation in high school. Okay, uh, and in the Milwaukee Public Schools, that was unanimously approved. Okay, so the wow, issue excellent. is. Exactly. So, uh, and you know, the teachers union, for example, had a bit of a concern with that because they don't like mandates. Well, if 40% of the teachers, okay, uh, in, in the U.S. voted for this last, you know, president, okay, uh, Mr. Trump, to be very blunt about it, okay, uh, we got a problem, okay, because that means that 40% of the teachers that are teaching our kids think a particular way, okay. Uh, and are in denial of race as an issue in our communities, okay? Uh, race is a huge issue. It's a huge issue among Latinos, caramba, that, that, that think that they're not prejudiced, okay? Uh, but that's not true. Uh, so, so what happens is that at living in American society, we got to recognize that there are going to be changes in this society because of demographics. There's going to be intermarriage. There's going to be a multicultural society. And therefore... We have to make sure that when we put people in positions like myself, we push for those kinds of things. So there were some people that were going like, why is he going there? I'm going there because I think that this is significant. Okay? If we do not transform what kids learn, if we do not transform the things that make them happy, okay, engage, involved in learning, we will have less Latinos, less Blacks, less multicultural populations going on to college. 
but we need also to transform how colleges accept those populations and then how they transform themselves to teach those populations. The number of Latino faculty in, in post-secondary education institutions, uh, even in, 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 in sort of like Hispanic serving institutions is so low, is lower than what it was in the 70s, okay? Uh, so these institutions uh, tend to mirror the problems of inequality in the society, and we need to do advocacy to transform those institutions, okay? Uh, so you are listening to Educa K-16 podcast with a change maker, Tony Baez. My goodness, uh, new resolutions coming out. And uh, Dr. Abdignoboa, how would you like to address what? There's there so many things going on and, and Tony has hit it right on the head. We have multiculturalism, we have racial changes, we have demographic shifts. Yeah. We have changing higher education, all of this happening at the same time. And as we know, education is a reflection of society. So there's a lot to be done. There's, it, it, we live in an exciting time and maybe turbulent times, but nevertheless changing times. And so the question in higher education, as I was listening to Tony, now becomes, okay, so what happens in the future? We have a trend in higher education, traditional higher education. We also have a trend in post-secondary alternative higher education, which is not university-based, that is also growing. And so with the Latino population sort of split in between, my question is, and maybe the question of most of our listeners is, so where do we go from here? What happens? What's the future of Latinos in education? Should we say, don't go to college? and go to this other or should we ch say th that these changes are going to happen inevitably and so education post-secondary as we know it is going to change fundamentally so there's a lot of confusion in probably our hearers uh, uh mentality right now in terms of what exactly does all this mean well, I, I think it, it means that uh, in the higher education institution, we have a lot of work to do in changing those institutions uh, in post-secondary. You, you, you make, uh, Abdin, you make the distinction between the junior colleges that you talk about that are not really junior colleges. I come from them. They're, you know, two-year post-secondary institutions necessary, okay, for the work that we do. But uh, the great majority of our youngsters, of people of color, are going to go to them, not to universities. And we have to stop the idea that you can only be successful if you get to a university. Uh, that is not the case. They need to get to post-secondary education institutions so that they can refine their skills and get a job, et cetera, and then decide to go to college, okay? And some will go to college and that is great. Universities are needed, but we need to do a significant amount of advocacy to change how they receive our populations, okay? I did the study on uh, uh, the, the whole idea of high schools uh, getting kids into college. I, I did many years ago. Uh, in the 90s, I did a, a, a study about uh, what is called uh, community uh, high schools, uh, early college high schools, the idea of getting kids from high school to college. And I, I look at about 200 something uh, memorandums of understanding that people had engaged in between high schools and colleges. 
And I found that by their own admission, only 50% of the universities involved, okay, said that they had done something to change how they perform, even though they had signed an agreement to receive these kids, okay, in early college high schools. I find that horrible, okay, because it means the higher educational institution is not changing. And as a matter of fact, it's changing in the reverse way. It's not changing for the multicultural populations. You know, it's just changing to become more uh, sort of like privatizers in many ways. In many ways, they're becoming more business-like, okay, as opposed to opening more doors for them. And even Hispanic-serving institutions, demographically, they become 25% Latino, but they haven't done much to change how they receive Latinos and how they they embrace them and how they keep them and how they graduate them, okay? So people, because of the society, need to leave these universities, especially when they accumulate huge debts, you know. Nowadays, you and I and others went to college at a time where we didn't accumulate debt, okay? Now these young people have to go to these two-year institutions and get loans to these four institutions and get loans. And we have some of them with debt that is so horrible, that is incredible. I mean, I, I, I know somebody who is an amazing lawyer who has a debt of close to half a million dollars. That's incredible to become a lawyer, okay? So we, we need to change all those things. And I am encouraged by the talk in the current administration that they wanna do community college for free, okay? Uh, because community colleges that is the conversation happening right now Mm -hmm. and it should be it should be it happens in the rest of the world that you continue from high school you do another two or three years in many places you develop a skill and then you go to a university okay that is such a savings for people that are going into these institutions that are controlled by corporate uh, interests and interest rates that are so huge that it's horrible. Okay? Uh, so uh, the idea of doing away with the debt is, is very encouraging. I don't think Mr. Biden is going far enough. Uh, I think that, that what has happened with our folks is not good. Uh, so the default rate, uh, for example, among Latinos is much higher. Uh, than for others, but it's because less of them go to college, okay? And it's also because uh, most of them go to community colleges, two-year colleges, and then uh, they don't accumulate out of that because they're very poor, so they get financial aid and they get help like that. Uh, so they have a lower, you know, uh, the default rate than, than others, but they still have a debt, okay? And those debts are, are bringing people down. So I, I think we got to do something to transform the totality of, of that path, how it happens. High schools, we got to do better at what we do. Mm-hmm. And then we have to make sure that in the transition to two-year colleges, they are connected in better ways. They should not do four years of high schools, they should do three. And then they should go into the college experience, the post-secondary experience already. And then they go to higher ed and higher ed has to transform itself to hire more Latinos, more people of color, and to include in the curriculum more things. Uh, I'm dealing right now with another situation, another motion uh, that has to do with some, you know, our, our good friends in the black community that now control more high schools, okay? 
are talking about how we need to eliminate this foreign language request, uh, foreign language requirement that we have to graduate in high school because black kids cannot meet that requirement. That is a dumb idea. We should have black children in this country wanting to learn more than one language. Why do we want to eliminate such a requirement from high school graduation? Wow. Okay, Tony Let me just say something to, to, to encapsulate what Tony was, was talking about. It, the irony is that institutions of higher education should be the most progressive institutions in the country. Absolutely. Where, what we're finding is, and what we're hearing is that that is not really the case. And ironically, going back to data trends, I found that we have less percentages of minorities, especially Latinos, in higher education institutions as instructors, as professors, as administrators, as presidents. And so the data for K-12 is significantly bad enough, but the data beyond is worse. And so, again, there's something that that begs the question of what is it that we mean by progressive education in this country? Back to you, Sandra. Thank you, thank you. Listeners, we're tuning in right now with Educa K-16, an educational call to action podcast, an innovative, creative, exciting conversation with Tony Baez. What I hear you say, um, Tony, is that we also need to build bridges, looking at K-12, we need to build bridges between elementary schools and middle schools, middle schools and high school, because kids get to high school and all of a sudden, okay, you're required to enter college, but what is the education, the complete gamut of, you know, robust rigor from K-12, that connection, those bridges, we need advocacy there. We need, we need more resolutions like you're doing in Milwaukee. So what do you recommend to our listeners to start building those bridges between elementary schools, middle schools, high schools, onto the post-secondary institutions? That's very interesting. One of the things I said last week in a meeting of the board that lasted eight hours discussing some of these things, eight hours, okay? Uh, 800 emails, 93 testimonies, okay? Is that we have to transform how learning happens, okay? We have to do it since very early with children, developing them a, a, a joy for learning, a joy for development. Language and culture has to be incorporated into that so that they appreciate bilingualism, okay? So that they develop uh, their minds in such a way that they want to be in school, that when they get to middle school, they are in tune with the idea of continuing and they want to do more. Uh, you know, middle schools are a big problem in, in K-12 schools because that's where we lose a lot of kids in the ninth grade, okay? Exactly. And then we need to connect and we need to transform how, higher, uh, how high school happens. I keep on, as a matter of fact, I pushed last week the idea, last week I pushed the idea that we should go to a four-day uh, high school rather than a five-day high school because that... Uh, extra day is a day for them to involve in community, to engage with projects, uh, to do, uh, to actually take jobs in community and things like that. And we need to make sure that the high school, the, ha the high school learning that happens is fun. 
Kids want to grow because they see the end of it. Right now, we're not having fun in high school. Many kids don't even want to go back to high school, and that's why we have a serious dropout rate. And then we need to connect to those colleges in a way that high schools, I continue to argue that you know, the K-12 systems need to transform colleges because colleges are institutions that on themselves tend to be stagnated. Okay, And what Abdin was talking about, not having enough Latinos and people of color in higher, in higher ed, uh, and, and yeah, in higher ed in general, it's very real. So we need advocacy, strong advocacy. So I told the people last week, look, I'm leaving the board but I'm not leaving advocacy, okay? <laughs> You're gonna hear a lot more of me on, 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 you know, on the platform, on the forum, messing with your lives, okay? Because <laughs> educators need to become activists. Exactly. Uh, our Latino educators in, 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 in bilingual education, for example, they're, they've grown too comfortable with salaries that they marry into each other and they have, they go to Cancun and they go to other places and they, they, you know, they, they spend a lot of time vacationing. They have to be advocates. We fought very hard to open doors to get people jobs. Okay. So they have to help us in adult education. And I know Sandra, you're, you're into adult education. I ran a huge adult education program. I created bilingual efforts in adult education programs so that people could get the GED in Spanish or another language, etc. And I kept on saying to people, higher, you know, in higher education, the, the role that adult education plays in some of that has to be a connecting mechanism so that they can continue in two-year colleges, they continue in four-year colleges. And it's not just about teaching them how to read and write. It's about teaching them the functions of learning, the f learning, first of all, not the whole matriculation thing. Oh, we need more Latinos in higher ed. No, no. It, it, they have Thank to be you. qualitatively into that. Thank you. And as uh, Dr. Noboa Rios mentioned, education is a reflection of society. Listeners, society means you. You are the society. We are the society. Get involved. Educa K-16, an educational call to action. Look for us on Spotify or go to D-O-M-A-S-G-R-O-U-P. Get involved in the conversation. How is the future of higher education changing? How can you, listener, make an impact in your community? We talked about diversity, equity, and inclusion, and belonging. Belonging is important. What do we need to know? How do we change the conversation? Visit Tony Baez's uh, resolutions, motions that he's put in place. Visit the Milwaukee Public School Education site and look, look at those uh, resolutions in the past few months. I know that these are brand new. I just spoke to you last month and you are already with two new resolutions. So he's a mover and shaker. Dr. Noboa, close us out. Lots, lots to think about, lots going on, lots of issues happening all at once. And so what we try to do is bring closure and sense and understanding to the whole process of education, which is our life, which is our future. And so does the country go. 
by how it is that its citizens are educated. And so we hope this encapsulates just the beginning of a long road that we hope to walk you through during this next year in terms of the ABCs of education and the DEFs of Latinos in that process of education. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Igualmente. Thank you, Dr. Novoa. Thank you, Tony Baez, for being here with us, our special guest. Stay tuned. Thank you. To the conversation next week. Tony? Thank you. Thank you to both of you. Yes. Thank you. Thank you to both of you.